Hey friend, Graham Baldwin here with The Speaker Lab. Hey, wouldn't it be nice if someone gave you the exact process to find and book more speaking gigs in 2024? That'd be nice, right? Well, I'll tell you what, we're just gonna do that for you. We've created a new 18-page guide based on Dan Irvin's process that helped him actually book over $100,000 in speaking gigs in the past year. Now, Dan is one of our uh, team members here. He's this, a very successful speaker and also one of our coaches. And so you're gonna learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, proposal emails, and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps. Again, that's plural, thespeakerlab.com slash steps. We're going to send you that PDF guide right to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps. That's it. That's all you got to do. Go there. Hey, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, my friends? Graham Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. Hey, today we got a great episode for you, and this is a little of a, it's a little unique. It's a little different. I don't know that we've actually done an episode quite like this one. So, let me give you some context to kind of set it up. So, a couple of months ago, we had done a kind of a Q and A bonus call for uh, a couple of students, and had one particular gal who was on the call who had a lot of questions that uh, seemed to be very similar to a lot of questions that I, I get from a lot of people in terms of I'm, I'm I have some ideas of who I want to speak to, I have some ideas of what I want to speak about, but it's all still very very fuzzy to me. And so we really spent some time talking through with her of exactly how to narrow that down and how to determine not just you know going from from who I want to speak to and what I want to speak about, but how does it actually overlap with what people are actually hiring speakers for? So we walk through an entire process with her on this. And so actually, this is not something that we were like, okay, let's, you know, let's have this call and let's use it for the podcast. It was actually kind of after the fact where I, I thought, you know what, this call went really, really well. I think this is a spot where a lot of people are at in terms of trying to get clarity on who they should speak to and what they should speak about. So I was like, we, what if we just use this as an episode? Because I think this would be really, really helpful. So again, you can hear not only the, the challenges she's running into, but also how, kind of how we talk through exactly how to work through those challenges so that you can get more clear on how on who you should be speaking to, what you should be speaking about, and ultimately, who is booking speakers like you. So again, this is not this is not recorded as a podcast episode. This is just kind of a, uh, a Q&A initially, and then kind of evolved into something where I was like, hey, this, is, this would be great to share. So that's what this call is. This is very raw, but uh, I think you're going to get a lot from this. This is uh, Liz Coddington from Florida, who uh, you're going to be hearing from. And uh, as, as her and I kind of chat through what she wants to speak on and who she wants to be speaking to and helping her get some clarity on that. So again, an opportunity for you to kind of be a fly on the wall as we talk this through. But I would encourage you as we go through this that you would do more than just listen to this, but figure out how does this apply to you? Where do you feel feel fuzzy in terms of who you want to speak to, what you want to speak about, and uh, how can you gain some more clarity with that? So let's get right into it and uh, let you eavesdrop in on this call that I had with uh, Liz Coddington. Enjoy. You want to be speaking to moms about stress relief. So tell me a little bit more about that and kind of what you're what you're wanting to do there. Okay, so I've just started doing... P.S. Thanks for letting me put you on the spot. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> so I just started, I've only done like two different talks and okay. they've been to like an MLM team that just happened to be moms. And then and then I did like an in-service to with like a staff of, mm-hmm. of healthcare workers, which I enjoyed and I could do that. But I'm thinking that as I'm building my list, it seems like there's like a huge need and that's like that 
when I message people, hey, do you want to be on my newsletter? Do you want to be on my list? They're like, oh, yeah, I need that, you know, for stress relief. And so I'm thinking that that might be a good niche, but I don't really know how to research that. Yeah. Well, and even as you kind of alluded to there, there's going to be a difference between someone who's an audience member who's just saying like, yeah, I'm raising my hand. I'm a mom. I'm interested in stress relief versus I coordinate or I host an event or I'm part of an association or a group that actively hires speakers to come talk to moms about stress relief. You see kind of the difference there. So it'd be, it it wouldn't be overly difficult. Most I'm married. I, uh, my wife is a mom. So I know from her and from moms that we're friends with that it wouldn't be overly difficult to find moms who deal with stress and stress relief. So, but the challenge is going to be the other side of who's actually hiring speakers. Now, let me ask you this just for some more context. Can you tell me more about why moms uh, that you want to be speaking to now also i guess bigger than that like how does speaking kind of fit into your business meaning are you wanting to do this you know a few times here and there you want to do it locally for free are you wanting to do this you know full time or kind of how how does speaking fit into everything else you have going so like speaking is what i would like to do like so that's my goal and i'm kind of using the other stuff to get speaking gigs like that's okay. where i'm at as far as so why you want to speak you want to speak full time I would love to. And what does full time mean for you? Like how many um, how many ballpark? Like how many events would you want to be doing? Really? Like I'm so new that it, yeah. I have no idea what right. would be realistic. Ten um, or a hundred? I don't even somewhere in there. <laughs> All right, that's fair. That's a that's a yeah. that's a good answer. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. So, like, since in February, I kind of decided to start working on this, and mm-hmm. you know, I've done two. <laughs> so, okay. like, that's kind of where I'm at. Why moms? Just because I think that that's where I'm a mom. I connect Mm -hmm. with that. I just went through a really significant like postpartum time and got through that. And Mm -hmm. so I kind of want to share my story, Mm -hmm. you know, help other people that are going through that. doesn't have to be moms. But like I said, when I was working on list building stuff, when I would be messaging people, do you want to be added to this newsletter? It was consistently moms that were like who I was reaching out to and who were responding back to me. So I just felt that connection. Yeah. Yeah. Are you wanting to, let me ask you this in an ideal world, like how much would you like to be making from speaking? Oh gosh. I don't know. (laughs) I would love to be able to get a thousand, couple thousand for a gig. Okay. To me, that seems like mind blowing. Like, totally. I've read sure. your stuff, so I know it's not. But you know, I'm so new at the point where it's like people are going to pay me for this. That right, would be right. awesome. <laughs> yeah, early on, you just you just don't know what you don't know, and yeah. that's totally reasonable and acceptable. Okay, so you have one child, two. I've got three. 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 Okay, both girls. Yeah. Two girls and a boy. Two girls and a boy. How old are they? Eight, five, and one. Okay. All right. So the challenge is that you're, and my guess would be that you're, you're going to run into this a little bit if you haven't already, is that you feel the tension of you want to go speak, but the nature of speaking is you have to leave. And so you mm-hmm. have to go somewhere. And if that that's typically going to be outside of your, your local area. And so logistically speaking full time and needing to get on a plane all the time and leave your kids or leave your, your family becomes pretty problematic and, and potentially difficult, right? Sure. Not to say it can't be done, but it's definitely just something to, to be aware of and thinking about. So one thing to be thinking about is, and, and part of what we're kind of talking through here is not just 
the list building side, but just kind of the business model so that you have some realistic expectations of like, what does success look like for you? If Liz were to achieve that, then like, okay, we're, we're doing good rather than I'm looking at this other thing over here that I want to, I want to do or accomplish with speaking only to realize like, I don't actually want that if that means it's going to pull me away from my kids or my family or my, my home life. Right. And so that's definitely a, a challenge whenever it comes to speaking. So one option would be that you focus on speaking, but you focus on speaking more locally, in which case you would have to travel much, much less. Where, where are you located at? West Palm beach, Florida. Okay. So if you just did events just in South Florida, right. Anything that you could be, you could do within a drive distance, anything that was just within, you know, a couple of hours, things that were drive two hours, do a lunch in and drive two hours back, something like that. Maybe right. a little bit more. And I don't know, I don't know your situation and you tell me otherwise, but maybe simpler to do a few of those here and there than to try to do. I just booked a gig in Idaho and taking a day or two to get up there, speak once or twice, and then a day or two to get back, it becomes just a, a lot more to take on. So the challenge though is if you're just doing several local type of things, especially whenever it comes to moms, is they are typically not going to pay as much, if pay at all. And I'm sure you've, you've noticed that a little bit already. So the two events that you did, did they pay you for either of those? No. And the one I did the bigger one that I did was not moms. It was like, it was staff of a healthcare facility that I work at on the weekends. Mm -hmm. And I did like an in-service about, you know, avoiding burnout. And, yeah. and so that, I mean, that's basically my, my talk is avoiding burnout, you know, whether you're a mom or not. So, I mean, okay. I could go the healthcare route and, and focus on that industry too. And I've worked in healthcare for a long time. So, I mean, I have, some credibility there. Okay, cool. Um, I like that because, and again, some of the, a lot of this comes back to what, what's the end goal? What is it that you're, you're going for? So if you just say, I just had this personal life experience and I want to talk to other moms about dealing with it. And, you know, I'm a stay at home mom, so I don't really have to work and that's all I'm going for. Then yeah, I'd probably just do some local stuff here and there that would, you know, that makes sense for you. But if you're saying, you know, I really want to do this on a bigger scale. I want to do this ideally full time. I'm okay to travel some, then I like what you're suggesting there of maybe branching out away from just speaking to moms because nothing wrong with obviously it's speaking to moms, but typically that's going to be an industry where they're not going to pay much if, if pay at all. So it's kind of sure. that balance between here's what I want to speak about and here's who's actually hiring for that subject or topic. And how do I find the kind of the blend and the balance there? So speaking about stress relief for moms doesn't really pay much speaking, if anything, speaking to about stress relief to HR departments at companies or corporations or within the healthcare space, that definitely starts to pay more. So that's where you kind of have to prioritize which is more important for you, the industry or the problem that you're actually solving. Because like even like you said, like we've kind of been talking about here, the problem that you're actually solving, you could solve for potentially several different types of audiences. I mean, the, the subject of stress relief is something you could speak to just about anybody on, right? So going from, okay, I'm, I like moms, I'm intrigued by moms, but there's not really any opportunity there. So let's take the same topic and go somewhere else where maybe it allows you to do the same type of thing in terms of my guess would be a, a whatever audience you're speaking to, a decent number of people in the audience are also moms, right? So you're able to right. kind of almost kill two birds with one stone. So one way we talk about it is um like that we call it the Trojan horse method, right? Where mm -hmm. you're able to say, this is what organizations and groups are actually hiring for, right? But here's what I want to talk about. So how do I like take my thing and kind of blend it in with what they're actually hiring for and be able to 
present that message, right? So, okay. so I'll give you a quick example. When I got started speaking and I was doing a lot with, with high school students, the one topic I was really personally passionate about was personal finance. And my wife and I, we just paid off a bunch of debt. And so I wanted to, probably similar to you, I had just had this experience and I want to tell other people about the experience. And one of the things I found is that even though I was doing a lot of speaking to high school students, that principals would tell me like, yes, teaching students about personal finance was really, really important. I couldn't get anyone to like hire me to actually come speak about that and pay me for it, right? Even though they said it was important. But one of the other topics that was really important to them was helping students to transition from high school into college and prepare for life after high school and, and prepare for the real world. So I developed a talk around that and I started getting booked a lot for that type of presentation and for that topic. And so within that talk about transitioning to life after high school, guess what one of the things I talked about was personal finance, personal right? Finance. So I was yeah. able to just to say, here's the thing you're actually hiring for. And here's the thing that I want that I want to talk about and is important. So I'm going to not that I'm just like, not that like it's a bait and switch or something. I, I talked about a right. bunch of other things, but they within the with each other. yeah, within the scope of that, I also talked about personal finance. So I think it's probably a similar thing for you that you want to talk about stress relief for moms. And so one place that you could do that and do it where you could get paid could be healthcare or it could be it could be any the number of type of industries. You mentioned that you've done a lot in healthcare. What what have you done in, in healthcare? What's what's kind of your background? So I have a master's in social work. I'm a licensed okay. therapist. So I've worked in hospitals and dementia, worked around all sorts of different things. So is the topic of stress relief some, and you would, I mean, you would know this better than I would. Is the topic of stress relief a common topic that they bring in like outside speakers to talk about? Well, so here's like burnout is something that they're worried Uh about. So burnout is kind of where I did like, so I didn't say, do you want a stress relief talk? I said, you know, I talk on avoiding burnout. Is there a space where I could do something with that. And they were like, Oh yeah, we're doing an in-service on that in May. Could you do that one? So I was like, sure, I'll do that one. So that's kind of where I was at now that it kind of depends on the company and the culture, like whether they're focused on caring about that, (laughs) but you know, to retain their employees and stuff like that, it should be pretty high on their list because it's easy to get burned out. Right, right. I'll give an example of a student within Booked and Paid to Speak that I just talked to the other day. We, we, I recorded an interview with her for, for the podcast. And she speaks on employee engagement. And she comes from a corporate background, speaks on employee engagement. And she speaks specifically to human resources conferences. And she said one of the biggest things that has been a contributor to her success, and I would totally echo, is she's been very, very focused on all I do is I speak about employee engagement, to human resources conferences. That's it. Mm. That's all I do. Now, she said uh, she's been doing it for about a year or two, and she's just starting to pivot and add in the healthcare industry. And I'm starting to speak to a couple of healthcare industries about employee engagement. But she said the thing that really helped her be super successful was just all I'm doing right now is I'm really hyper-focused. I just do employee engagement. She said she comes from an HR background. So there's a bunch of things that she could potentially do So she's like, you know, I I could talk about all these types of HR topics, but no, no, no. All I do is I talk about employee engagement just for human resources conferences. Well, then it's a heck of a lot easier for people to know, know, like, yeah, 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 you are the perfect fit. It's kind of like, you know, if if I needed to get brain surgery, like I want to go to like the top brain surgeon, like this is what they do. And not like, you know, some family physician who's like, yeah, I mean, I, I took a class on that one time. I could probably, <laughs> right. guess I could do it. You know, like, no, 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 like yeah. I need you. So like from your perspective, 
I think what would be cool would be like, if you only focus on burnout, which I would agree is like a really big topic in a bunch of types of industries. So if you talk just on burnout, who within the healthcare industry, because again, healthcare is kind of a wide industry in itself. So let's try to narrow even that down a little bit further. Who would you say would be not only a good fit that you would be interested in talking to, but who do you feel like, and this may take some, a little bit of research, but who is actually hiring speakers in the healthcare space that you could potentially be a fit for? Is that the actual hospitals themselves or actual healthcare facilities themselves? Or would that be more of a conference type setting? What would that look like? Any ideas or thoughts? From what I've seen, it's mostly conferences, like the hospital or the facility, like the nursing home, they don't have money budgeted for speakers. As far as I know, maybe they do, but (laughs) um, they seem like they're squeezing, pinching pennies. Are you working at a, like a healthcare facility now? Yeah. So I work on the weekends at a healthcare facility. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Uh, how long have you been in the industry? Probably 10 years. Nice. Okay. So one of the things I also like to about speaking in an industry that you've already been in is you kind of understand how it works, right? Meaning you kind of understand in your space, what the associations are, what the groups are, what the niches are, how the hierarchy works, who the decision makers are, right? So if I came into the healthcare industry, my mom's been a nurse for 30 or 40 plus years. And she knows that I don't know that world, right? There's someone I talked to the other day who said they'd been in real estate for 40 years. And he said he was interested in speaking to realtors. I said, perfect, because you know that world so freaking well. Like, you know exactly all the groups, the associations, you know the people, you know who the potential decision makers are. You just know that. So that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to speak in the healthcare space forever and ever and ever. But right now, this is really low-hanging fruit for you. And this is really mm. this is a really solid place for you to get started. So what would okay. be some um, potential associations, let's just say in Florida, that you could potentially speak to where they would be hiring speakers to talk about burnout, that that's a problem that their attendees would have? Probably a nursing type organization. So like nursing or CNA. Like CNA. I don't see, I don't have any clue what that is. Right. But you're in that world. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> okay. What events have you gone to in the past that they've had outside speakers? Well, so the events that I've gone to have been like conferences for social work. Okay. So like, or marriage and family therapy. And that I'm kind of like, I'm not sure if I would be able to speak in there because I'm not like, like I have the degree, but Mm -hmm. I'm not licensed right now as a social worker. So I don't know if that makes a difference or not. Maybe I should just not worry about that. Yeah, I mean, not (laughs) not necessarily like depending on the industry, some industries are curious, you know, what credentials you have or what school you graduated from and some of those factors. But in a lot of industries, I don't know that it makes a huge difference. You know, they want to know, can you solve the problem for my audience? And they don't necessarily care like where your education came from or what letters you do or do not have behind your name. So I think it, I don't know. And so it may not make it a huge difference. All right. So you said social work, therapy, do you have any idea like which of those has more conferences or events or even just like training opportunities around? The professional ones. So like social work and LMFT, like the marriage and family therapy, they would have more opportunities, I think. The social work and therapy, does those kind of fall under the same umbrella or are those kind of two different? They seem like two different fields to me. So social work seems like a different field, but it's actually therapy. Okay. But they're just like a different professional association. So they have different advocates and they have different like insurance rules and stuff like that, but they do the same 
treatments as LMFTs. So okay. it's like the same, like they would both fit for burnout for sure. They have the same, like I was a licensed social worker. I did therapy. So okay. I would go to LMFT conferences too. Okay. What would be your preference to speak to therapists or to speak to social workers about burnout? Or do you, you still uh, kind of see them one I'm and the same? I'm not sure I have a preference. I, I see them as the same, to okay. be honest with you. Like, okay. like the difference for me, it would be like, like nursing would be different than social work and therapy. Like okay. to me, those are different. But is, there, but, is there any type of like wording or like name that would kind of be an overarching umbrella for like social work and therapy? Or would one of those be kind of the overarching? Like the, help, the helping professions, sometimes they call it. That's a little vague, but. What, I, what I'm getting at is I was trying yeah. to just think through like what's, what is kind of that, and maybe it is just, it's, maybe it is just social work or therapy, or it's kind of one of the same that, so I mean, it, so if, if we go from, I want to help moms with stress relief to feeling like, to going, I help therapists avoid burnout. Well, now mm. that's a really tangible thing, right? And that's a real okay. problem that you can solve. And there's events around that, that you can speak to around that subject or topic. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm jotting that down. <laughs> cool. Or, you know, so, so something like, you know, I help therapists avoid burnout. I help social workers avoid burnout. And so this can look in two different ways, right? So you could speak to, to the individual therapists or social workers themselves about avoiding burnout, or you could speak to, let's say that I, again, I don't know what the lingo would be, but let's just say I run a clinic with a bunch of therapists or social workers. And I, as the boss, want to make sure I'm helping my team to avoid burnout. So you've got mm. kind of both sides of it, right? So there's going to be some that are some attendees that are going to be like the actual in the trenches workers. And they, maybe they're coming for some type of like continuing education credit, something like that. Or again, you're going to have the conferences that are people who are running you know, clinics or agencies or whatever, whatever, again, whatever the lingo would be, and you're helping them help their teams to avoid it. So you could really kind of, I think you could really probably speak to both of them. Okay. Does that make right. sense? Yeah, it does. And do you think that it would be too broad to say, like, I help healthcare workers avoid burnout, or it's better to be more focused on therapists? You could probably do a health, I mean, because even healthcare, like healthcare is big, but at the same time, it's it's a niche, you know? So I think it's kind of, there's definitely the balance between saying like, I speak in the education industry, which is elementary middle school, high school, teachers, Huge. parents, it's massive, right? To mm-hmm. going to, I speak to fourth graders, right? That might be a little too much. They're starting <laughs> to find the balance between this is way too vague and this is way too specific. So I think, I mean, I think I help healthcare workers avoid burnout or healthcare. I don't know what the, if they call it workers or whatever the, the adjective would be there. Yeah. Yeah. Healthcare professionals avoid burnout. That sounds pretty good. Okay. (laughs) I help healthcare professionals avoid burnout. I like it. Okay. Dang. That's legit. (laughs) That's good. Okay. So now what you can do is now it's a heck of a lot easier to start to find because not only who do you speak to? What do you speak about? What's the problem you can solve? But then where do those people gather, right? So moms, it's kind of like moms are all over the place, right? They gather (laughs) at the grocery store, they gather at the park, they gather at church, you know, it could be any number of things. But like with healthcare professionals, now we can start to figure out what are the conferences? Again, what are the associations? What are the groups that they are actively a part of, right? So that's where, again, let's come all the way full circle to the email list building question. This is where you can really start to... 
you can do both your audience and your your buyers your decision makers may be two different people so the person who they are the therapist and they've been at it for 20 years and they're trying to avoid burnout they need what you teach and the person that is the director of some facility who has 20 therapists underneath them, they need help. And the person that is running this Florida Association of Healthcare Professionals, they need what you offer. So it could be, it starts to kind of become this intermingled thing then, um, which is okay. It's not necessarily a bad thing because there's, there's going to be, there may be an individual therapist who heard you speak and is like, I work with 19 other coworkers and they're all drowning right now. We all, right. I'm the only one that heard your talk, but we all could really use this. So let me, I'm going to tell my boss about you. Or I'm going to tell you know whoever about you. So from that perspective, all that to say, like now it's a heck of a lot simpler to, let's say if you just focus on healthcare professionals and you have an email list of primarily healthcare professionals that are no like, and trust you. Now you can speak specifically to them. Anytime you're emailing them or reaching out, you can talk in healthcare lingo versus if you have a list made up and within that, you're going to have some moms who are on that, right? So now mm -hmm. you're not saying like, I'm trying to send an email and I'm trying to communicate both to healthcare professionals and specifically to moms and specifically to fill in the blank other person, job, profession out there. But it's like, I'm really speaking very, very specifically. And again, you start to become that go-to person on this. I help healthcare professionals avoid burnout. You can really position yourself as that go-to authority. You see kind of the difference there? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Okay. So when you have the email list, what it allows you to do then is part of the challenge with speaking is most organizations and groups, they only book a speaker like once a year, right? So if I'm hosting a conference, I'm going to spend a couple of weeks a year looking at a speaker or looking at speakers to hire. And so if it's June right now and I hire speakers right now for an event that's happening in November, well, come July, like I'm not going to be looking at speakers again for a whole nother year. So part of what you're trying to do as a speaker is to stay top of mind, right? So that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to email them every day or even every week, but even just once a month, just, you know, adding, sending them some type of value add on avoiding burnout and just staying top of mind. And then, uh, and you can even just in a PS or every couple of emails, just say, Hey, if you're looking for a speaker for your upcoming event this summer or this fall, let us know. You may even say something like, you know, I've started booking events for 2018. So if you'd like to go ahead and reserve your date, just shoot me an email. I'd love to have a quick conversation with you and learn a little bit more about your event. Cause a lot of times that just triggers something in people's minds of, oh, I'm not planning on looking at speakers until October, but I need to remember this guy. I've, I've learned a lot from this guy. I need to. And so if you stay top of mind with them, then when it comes time that they need what you offer, that email has allowed you to stay top of mind with them. Gotcha. See what I'm saying? It's mm -hmm. kind of like, um, like if you needed um, like a realtor, right? You may only need a realtor a couple times in your life, but if they stay top of mind with you, over the course of uh, there's um we moved to Nashville a couple years ago and the the realtor that we bought from their agency or brokerage I guess every couple months we get a mailer from them they invite us to picnics and luncheon things that they do and all it's doing is just keeping it top of mind for me now we may or may not ever use them but it's just keeping I'm very aware of who they are and it's not they haven't done anything annoying they're just they're staying very top of mind so that if the, the day comes that I do need something, you know, uh, hopefully I'll, I'll think of them. So it's right. a, again, a kind of a similar spot that, that you're in. You're just, you're using email 
to stay top of mind with people that are not who may be decision makers today and then some people who may not be a decision maker today but they may become a decision maker at some point there's someone who may be a therapist who a year from now they may be promoted to something and they're the ones that are putting on the conference or the event you know those type of things right right so i know we've covered a wide spectrum does that help Oh, yeah, it's awesome. I'm really excited that I got to, <laughs> to talk to you like this. <laughs> this worked out. This worked out well. All right. So we've got, yeah. let me browse down. Should we ask, does that help on the list building stuff? Oh, yeah, it does. Because I think I was shooting a little too broadly, I guess, uh-huh. or maybe with a different focus than what I want to be. So that helps me with that strategy, I think. Because if I was going for moms, I think that like the type of blogs I would try to be hitting with my Mm -hmm. email campaign is totally different than this. Like what we've talked about with the healthcare professionals is something different. So you can see how, how important this is because then in your emails, your website, your demo video, if you're trying to on a website, convince people that you are a top notch speaker to healthcare professionals, but you're also a top notch speaker to moms, Totally different. Really? Right. Right. Versus if (laughs) someone, a healthcare professional comes to your site and it's just like, bam, this is what I do. I help healthcare professionals avoid burnout. That's like, it's really cut and dry and clear of just like, this is for me or it's not. Right. And that's what you want to communicate. You want, you want people who are not a good fit to me to be like, oh, this isn't for me. And they, they go somewhere else. That's totally fine. The internet's a big place, but you want the people who are right for you to be like, Oh, dang, where's this been? I need this. I I am dealing with burnout. I need help here. So really focusing in your marketing materials in both email and on your website makes a massive, massive difference. Okay. Yeah. Does that help? Yes. I'm just jotting that down. (laughs) That's good. Jot away. Okay. So your other question, I think we may have touched on it. We basically covered it. Yeah. Yeah. So if I were you, what I would do is I would go and I would... I'd start browsing around for just healthcare conferences. What I might do is I might start in Florida. Like, again, like we were talking about a little bit at the beginning, how much do you want to be traveling? Yeah, I'm okay with travel. I think the harder part would be just coordinating with childcare and stuff. But yeah. like, personally, I'm sort of at the spot where I'm ready to go out and do things cool. by myself. <laughs> so, it's mommy time. Um, I get that. Yeah. My wife so, is um, moment because she went to lunch with some friends and... <laughs> Just texted said, "Hey, can I? Can we're going to go run another air?" And I said, you, "You need mommy time, so you stay out as long as you need." Exactly, so, exactly. Yeah. So being able to go and speak like as my mommy time or whatever that would yeah. be awesome. I would yeah. be okay with that. Yeah. And you got childcare options. <laughs> I do have childcare options, <laughs> but that would be like the the stumbling block for me traveling would be you know, just cost, honestly. Yeah. So being able to cover the childcare and, and travel. So it would have to be like, pay me enough to cover that, you know, right. right. <laughs> couldn't, the, I couldn't do um, free things far away. Yeah. The good thing is, is that most events book speakers, you know, anywhere from three to six months out. So you got a lot of mm-hmm. window planning time there. So it's not like, good. you know, can you come speak on Thursday? Um, right. And you're like, oh gosh, you know, I mean, so most of them are going to be like for context sake, I mean, it's June. I just got booked for an event in November. Most things are going to be several months out. Some are going to be a little closer in, some are a little further out, but three to six months is usually a a pretty good gauge there. 
And the nice thing too, is you get to, you know, one of the things we, we've talked about within the course is that you get to decide what success looks like for you, you know? So, you know, you get to decide, are you wanting to, do you want to speak once a month just within Florida? Or do you want to speak five times a month all over the country? There's no right or wrong answer. You can do it, whatever makes sense for you. You just got to decide what, you know, what makes sense for you. So I would probably, if I were you, I would start by just kind of researching healthcare conferences within healthcare conferences within Florida, healthcare associations, healthcare groups within Florida, and just to start to see what's out there. And you can also start to branch out to other states, you know, Florida, North, South Carolina, uh, Alabama, Mississippi, and just kind of what's some close, you know, Southeast part of the country type area and start looking up some of those type of options and start to reach out to them and see, you know, see what you get and, and be able to start to go from there. All right. There you go. Hope you enjoyed that call, uh, coaching call with Miss Liz Coddington. Liz, thank you so much for uh, being willing to and vulnerable to share kind of what you're thinking through and working on in your speaking business. And appreciate you letting us share that with the uh, with the audience here. So again, I would encourage you, like Liz, to do the hard work of really figuring out not only who I want to speak to, what I want to speak about, but how that overlaps with the opportunities that exist in the marketplace. Now, to take it a step further... If you are wanting our help and support as you build and grow your speaking business, definitely encourage you to check out freespeakerworkshop.com, freespeakerworkshop.com, where there we will walk you through exactly how to find and book paid speaking engagements. We also will tell you a little bit about one of our premium training programs where we're going to give you more in-depth help and support, as well as that in-depth step-by-step system on finding and booking speaking gigs. So again, check that out over at freespeakerworkshop.com. All right, my friends, that wraps up today's episode. We will catch you next time. You're awesome.